Hey everybody, how are you? You know, some podcasters get sick and say, Ooh, I have to protect my precious voice. I get sick and say, Ooh, I have to record. This is gold. Also, I don't know what the word gold means. So I'm going to do this next episode sick and tired. I've been up since 1.45 a.m. It's now 5.26 p.m. And I didn't sleep a lot before that either. Anywho, I may not even edit this. I may just cough through the entire thing. And here we go. We're doing a show, baby. Mr. Douglas. Hello, my master craters. This is your journeyman boxer briefer, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his apprentice envelope stuffing podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is all about the bonds of blood. If you don't know what I'm talking about, wait till you try peeling off those bandages. And if your wife's boy scout husband, well, we hope he's a man scout, really, is the one who wrapped you up in the first place, then your feud will be one of blood, brothers-in-law. Blood Brothers-in-Law by Matthew Sanborn Smith. They say you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family, but Hank couldn't pick either. As a lad, he was thrust into blood brotherhood completely against his will. At 12 years old, he didn't need his doctors to tell him he had a bad heart. He knew it beat up the other hearts on the playground, took their lunch money, and bought fatty foods. It was after a particularly nasty heart beating that Hank decided to check himself into the hospital and get himself one of those fancy baboon hearts. But because of the poor hearing on the part of the guy who ran the hospital parts department, he had ended up with a macaroon heart. That parts guy, by the way, was also responsible for an accidental quiver transplant, a shin graft, and a crest implant for a lady whose babies grew up to have the strongest teeth on the planet. Hank needed blood, and by some strange coincidence, the only person that matched his blood type was his imaginary girlfriend, Hank Alina. Hank, you see, had the ultra-rare blood type, square root of A negative. As every mathematician phlebotomist in the audience knows, his blood was therefore imaginary too. There was only so much blood to go around between the two of them, and doctors had to shop back up the blood that squirted out of Hank during the operation and sew it inside of Hank Alina. Because of this, Hank and Hank Alina were now blood brother and sister and could never marry or have half-pretend babies together. Hank was heartbroken, partly from losing Hank Alina forever, partly from an orderly stepping on his cookie heart while trying to adjust the blinds in Hank's room. Fortunately, there was still some macaroons left in the vending machine in a hospital cafeteria. Since all of Hank's holes were pre-sliced, the second transplant went more quickly than the first. The new Hank was better than ever. In fact, his archenemy, Splatterton Hodgkins, was so jealous of Hank's sugary new athletic ability on the ornamental basket weaving court, he took a small bite of Hank's cookie heart to slow him down a bit. Suddenly, Wicker had become too much for poor Hank. What began as his next basket wound up becoming his first woven reed drill press. He was laughed off the court and the bleachers, true to their name, bleached him. Now whiter than ever, Hank swore revenge upon Splatterton, but being easily distracted, he wandered off of the story for a moment. Meanwhile, everyone got a little older and Hank's former girlfriend and current blood sister, Hank Alina, fell in love with and married Splatterton. While Hank had been gone, he had strengthened his powers of concentration and swore concentrated revenge revenge on his evil brother-in-law. Hank knew he'd need reserve blood for his battle and had made many more imaginary friends in his time away. Before he confronted Old Splat, he connected his circulatory system to those of hundreds of friends using four tubes. No, wait, that's IV tubes. Ha ha ha! Oh, Falakes Romani Numeri. Splat caught wind of his plans and did the same thing with all of his real-blooded friends. What followed was a literal bloodbath for every bystander who brought a bar of soap and rubber ducky. 
Hank and Splat released the aggression they'd been holding on to for paragraphs. Their fist fight raged on for months, and before it was over, thousands of their supporters had been bled dry. Just before the two of them had, they saw the error of their ways. They realized they had been madly in love with each other all this time. They made out right then and there and got married and completed the circle so Hank Alina became their sister-in-law. Or wife-in-law, in Hank's case, I think. I'm just trying to squeeze a happy ending in here. Please ignore the thousands of corpses. If this story bled your brakes, you can fail to stop it and other red light districts at the website of the Maybe You Should Stop Light, BewareTheHairyMango.com. It's time for mail. Email BewareTheHairyMango. It takes more than one to tango. The only other rhyme is Durango. Unless you stretch Mustango. Zachman writes, or is it Zachman? Dearest Matt, if I played About Face from Starship Sofa episode 362 for my son the last time he was home from college, and when the story ends, he says something about me being the worst parent in the world, what does he mean by that? Zachman. Postscript. He was smiling when he said it. Thanks, Zach. I think the most important lesson we can draw from this is that everyone should listen to my story about face from Starship Sofa episode 362. When we were your son's age, bad meant good and wicked meant great. I can only assume he means you're the best parent in the world or the chiropractors on fire. It's always some sort of code with them. Now you must listen to Are you still listening? Write to me so we can hear the lovely email music of David Bradshaw at davidbradshawmusic.com again and again. We might be able to do an all-email show someday as long as you guys are cool with a 30-second episode. Envelop blobbishly in the comments for this post or California email me and we'll mine one another's 49s at matthewbewaretheharrymango.com or if you wear a smaller size of Levi's, piss our pants as we frantically try to undo our new button flies at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we've taken a very wrong turn on the internet, the SF and SF signal stands for scooter fisting, possibly the most uncomfortable thing you can watch on two wheels. After wishing we could unsee that, the team at SFSignal.com made a pact to weld tiny grills onto all of our exhaust pipes. Now that I think of it, I suppose scooter fisting could also apply to the guy that controlled Kermit's assistant on The Muppet Show. That's what we'll tell people we were googling in the first place. Hey, this is cool. Looking for things that rhyme with tweet, I discovered gleet, which is defined as a thin, morbid discharge as from a wound or especially chronic gonorrhea. Could there be a better mango word? Tweet your gleet that all your most morbid discharges should follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. And some of them already follow me, especially if I'm standing right underneath the discharge point. Hey, I was just standing here waiting for a bus. Mumble about Tumblr to all of your soft of hearing friends. When they don't understand you, just send them a link to bewarethehairymango.tumblr.com, which coincidentally is bewarethehairymango.tumblr.com. The internet is full of spooky shit like that. If you're even more starving for content than usual, when mucho Mango Mayo is all over, have I got a way to give me your money for you. Subscribe through the Get the Mango button on the homepage and for a mere $4 a month, you'll get two more shows a month than you've previously ever dreamed of. <clears throat> I kind of like phlegm voice. I don't know who's luckier. That's all. 
I don't have two contrasting examples. I just don't know who's luckier. This podcast plods awkwardly through the lumberyard of life with a kitten on its knee and a matching set of rhubarb guns while it dreams of its childhood spent looking out the window on quiet winter evenings, dreaming of plodding through quarries with a groundhog on its elbow and a mismatched set of eggplant crossbows that now breaks down in tears, realizing what a failure it has been. Realizing what a failure it is? Before drinking itself sober and vomiting into the nearest Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. Is this painful for you to listen to? Until your Shelley Winters turn to Suzanne Summers, this will sit in his bedroom wondering what Matthew Sanborn Smith is really like and remind you, the postman never rings at all. It's your mailbox that's getting all the action. Good night.